this week's episode of the Manchester Movie Podcast, a podcast uh, where you delve into the mean uh, city ruinscape of podcasting uh, and hurl insults at each other uh, while chasing Ed Harris around Stalingrad. My name is David. As we do every week. My name is Sam and vodka is a luxury we have. Caviar is a luxury we have. Podcasting is not... <laughs> Not a bad uh, um, Bob Hoskins impression there, I will say. Uh, you know, if I'm going Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins. That's yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, uh, there's, a, there's a flashback to a now dead, but you know, well remembered. Great actor, actor great actor. Yeah. Some really, really good movies. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say this is one of his. Um, what's the word? Like really standout performances, perhaps. Um, but no. this this week. Uh, because Sam's like a fucking nerd, basically. Uh, we watched Stalingrad from 2003. Is that right? We watched Enemy of the Gates from 2001. Oh, yeah, sorry. We watched not Stalingrad. <laughs> it's a movie about Stalingrad. <laughs> Enemy of the Gates, which is actually from 2001. Um, yeah, so we had the, the title of the movie wrong, which is a rare one for us. And you Sorry, I've had a bit of a day of it, uh, so I apologise if all no, the no, facts no, no, it's no as excuse. usual. It's absolutely no excuse whatsoever. Uh, so, yes, we did Enemy at the Gates from 2001. And I uh, I love this movie. Just going to put it out there straight away. I think this is a fantastic, fun soap opera about Stalingrad and sniping. And it's just, there's just everything you could want from a, you know, early 2000s World War II epic. It's, it's Thanks for listening, guys. It. Like it's it's pulp. Uh, <laughs> yes. I don't think that's I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. Uh, we watched we watched a World War Two movie the other day. Actually, we watched Unbroken, and I'd repressed it in my mind because it was so boring. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and this movie isn't that. This is kind of the movie that kind of like um, is the inverse of of that kind of war movie where this is kind of like quite serious and and obviously it's about Stalingrad and there's Nazis like and you know people getting lined up and shot to save bullets. It's like really grim. But at the same time, it's really fun. Uh, like the actual mechanics of this movie are yes. like really fun and silly. Everyone, it's like Star Wars villains though. Everyone's British because um, movies. It's like Hunt for Red October, where um, all of these Russians just just have whatever accent that the actors had, and they just thought, "Let's just roll with that. It's fine." Yeah. I don't think I'm trying to think. Of anyone in this movie who attempts a Russian accent, maybe like the um, the well, mother of the little kid has a bit of a twang. Bob Hoskins, there's a couple of lines where he's like, you know, where he's caviar is a luxury, and then it, which is his usual. <laughs> we'll fight them on the beaches. Shit, no, sorry, I'm not Churchill. I'm Khrushchev. Got you. Got but you. then, but then there there is <laughs> there is points where he is going, you know, he he is going for for a, for a slightly Russian accent. Um, you know, it's, it's it's not on. It's, it's not on like Carrie Fisher in the first Star Wars movie, where she's just veering wildly from California to uh, to, to to you know posh English accents that, that she does. So I do think it is a little bit. Um, it is a little bit of a, a kind of a bit rough on that front. But as you say, a British movie. This was when it was made, the most expensive British movie of all time. Um, because it's 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 you know it is pulpy, but it's also quite expansive, isn't it? Like this is a there's a lot going on in this movie. We've got massive sets, we've got explosions, we've got a huge amount of extras. 
we've got some really i think interesting cinematography and like and as you say it's just kind of fun in a way that this shouldn't be that fun it's pretty grim i mean it's pretty grim stuff but we <laughs> stalingrad historically uh is <laughs> not a laugh riot <laughs> Is that what you're... No, no. Um, and it's As fascinating. Wars go. It really, As really is fascinating. Go. But in a war, like, in a war full of, like, some of the bloodiest and most, the hardest fighting, really, and, you know, some of the grimmest things, uh, Stalingrad had, like, a lot more than most, a lot of the other fronts already. Like, it, mm. even for the Eastern Front, Stalingrad was yeah. quite high in the body counts. Number one, you're in Russia, and that's never a good place to be when you you know don't have a land war in Asia and all that. Um, <laughs> and and it's and it's you know it's winter, things are getting quite bad, and it's never good. But yeah, there is there is something singular about I think about the Stalingrad. Now I'm so, I, I, oh, go on. I was going to say it's quite it's quite brave almost to do a movie um, about about Stalingrad. Uh, I will say just to sort of like excuse myself earlier that the French title for this movie was Stalingrad. So, uh, of course, and you, with you and your fantastic knowledge of the French language, you were clearly browsing Netflix in French. I'm a francophile. Don't don't you attack me, Sam? You're a francophile because you've read some fucking sharp books. Is 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 the extent <laughs> that you're going? Uh, thanks, any, thanks. Anywhere near um, to that? I've read French novels in the English translations. Um, I've been to France and yeah. spoken English. Anyway, anyway, uh, regardless of that, uh, it's quite a brave movie to try and make. Uh, I can't just think what the budget of this movie was. Um, I'll find it. Sixty-eight you... million. Sixty-eight million. That's a lot, isn't it? I mean, that is a lot. It's a lot, and it isn't. It's a lot for a movie, um, and obviously, you've got. Um, I, I thought relatively early on in his career, uh, you've got Rachel Weiss relatively early on in her career. I suppose she'd broken out with the mummy, but again, you know, Ed Harris has never been, I don't think, like a you know, an AAA list guy, even though he absolutely deserves it. But do you know, what I mean, he's not so like the cast wise, I think you can sort of like get for a reason that money. The reason I think that the budget for this is quite low it's just because the sheer amount of sets you've got to build there's a mm. testament to the to 2001 where uh most of the cities which were, had been blown up uh for various economic and mostly economic reasons were in the middle east uh so they kind of had to build sets all the sets and portray this um destroyed city like largely without like heavy use of cgi because it's only 2001 um so i think there's some mirroring and stuff going on but and some matte paintings, but largely you've kind of got to build the sets for these people to crawl around in. And it just seems like they did quite well for that and the production design for this budget. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it really does. In, in you know, in so many ways, a lot of this movie, movies like this are about the environments and the and the the city. You know, Stalingrad is such a character in this movie as well. Um, and and you Wild get of rubble, yes. Well, yeah, what was left of it, and you get, you get. I think when you, what I like about this film, and and it's one of the ones that I've watched when I was probably you not, you know, maybe it came out. I have this very distinct memory of downloading this on LimeWire or BearShare. Or, you know, remember, <laughs> do you remember them in the? Early and it wasn't porn. Weird. Uh, no. Or, or my favorite one was like Enemy of the Gates. Exe. <laughs> 
<laughs> and, uh, and me thinking, ah, you're not going to get me. <laughs> because God, I don't think anyone younger than 30 would even remotely understand what you're talking about. You know, um, isn't that a phenomenal sign of aging? Because on these, on these peer, on these peer, peer-to-peer sharing things where you would you would download a file and you think what's what why is why is that movie only 50 meg oh well i'd be fine oh i've got to double click it to install the movie okay sure oh no (laughs) oh no my computer's exploded in a ball of flame fantastic but luckily in those days you could just you know wipe your entire computer and it would be it'd be fine exactly you could just reinstall the hard drive out three times a week yeah yeah a cracked copy of XP as well. Um, I don't think I ever paid for XP. This this is such a nostalgia rush, and so this was definitely one of those mills. It also, I always filmed... confuse this with the um, I want to say Owen Wilson film where he's behind enemy lines, maybe behind enemy lines. Um, yeah, that is that is a different movie. Uh, that's like Cold War, isn't it? Same year, actually, yeah. It's Cold War in. in... Yeah, but it's got it's got because it's a war movie. It's got a similar aesthetic. He parachutes out of a, um, out of a jet, and basically he is behind enemy lines. I think He's uncovering the genocide during the Bosnian War. This looks. I yeah, I don't think I've seen this. Gene Hatman. It's a really movie. cool movie. I can't comment on the quality of it, but like it's that's what I thought when you said let's watch Enemy at the Gates. That's what my mind thought was, let's watch that or the is it the Daniel Craig. Um, downfall is it the other world war ii one anyway but there was a couple of movies i conflated with this downfall is the, is the nazi is the yeah is the hitler rant one the famous oh, what rant. am i thinking of there's there's I mean, one with daniel craig anyway where he's a soldier mm, doing stuff well this this is this is all sounds i'm i i you know i'm a man in my yeah, like mid-30s am i 33 is that mid yet am i mid-30s or am I, i'm early 30s so i'm gonna stick with that and i am becoming inevitably as night turns to day a dad uh I've, I've been a dad for seven years but now i'm really getting in there because i'm like wow world war ii i'm oh <laughs> oh, fan- oh let's learn about tanks oh, fantastic let's learn about bows let's read books about oh, oh look a, a 50-part series on youtube of i think i think we all have dad tendencies Oh. And I think there's like a there's like a triumvirate of dad tendencies, aren't there? There's World War Two stuff, and that extends to like learning about the tanks, dragging your kids to museums, boring museums, westerns, which I've been guilty of for about ten years. Like just spending your entire afternoon watching one five hour long western, where realistically <laughs> not, not a lot happens on one soundstage, and all the Native Americans are portrayed by, if you're lucky, Mexicans. If you're fucking lucky. <laughs> Otherwise, it's some fucking French guy in makeup. Um, I've loved that for years. There's that, and then there's like sports, but I don't mean like the NFL. I mean like watching cricket for eighteen hours or however long cricket takes. No, I'm sorry, you know, Dave. The NFL, the NFL counts. No, the NFL definitely counts. It, but it, it's it's hitting it's hitting that age, isn't it? Of just being interested. And we're we're massive nerds, and we have a podcast anyway, so we're already pretty fucking sad. But this is one of those movies that I've. I've, you know, when when we were picking, making our picks, I, I thought, oh, brilliant! What a great thing to explore. I just loved every minute, every minute of this movie because it's because it is one of those formative ones when I was younger that I watched and was like, wow, war's cool. And now I'm a bit like, mm, I'm not so into the war, but also that's pretty cool. And yet, 
I think it, I think there is something a little bit more substantial here than just like trashy war movie. Like there is, there is, I think, a pretty well told story. I think it structurally makes sense. Like all the story beats are there. I think yeah. it sets up almost everything that it it, it pays off everything that it, that it sets off pretty much. And what yes, you're left I with, think I think, should... is a good morality tale as well. You know. Yeah. We should do a dive into the plot in a minute, and I want a plot summary. There was one thing I want to mention before we get into that, was there's another reason why this movie is quite as um, seared into our brains as it is. I'm sure I've seen this before, especially like in bits, um, but they kind of reuse a lot of this movie uh, in the, that first Call of Duty game that came out in 2003. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. quite a lot of this stuff, scene for scene, like the, um, I'm sure we'll talk about this more later, but the, the scene where Jude Law gets handed the clip, like he gets handed yeah. like five bullets, and it's yeah. like, right, well, you just wait till someone gets shot, and then when someone the first gets shot. man falls, yeah. the second man picks up his rifle and shoots. Exactly. And that's like a big part of how that like Call of Duty game starts. And obviously, let's not get to that series as a whole more modern in a more modern way, but yeah, that was like a huge, huge blockbuster game that takes a lot, like even the rest of the plot of that game follows enemy at the gates quite quite solidly and so for and us, is... especially having grown up playing it like it's then you're sort of doubling down and we talked we haven't yet done our last of this episode but i was about to make out like we'd already done it um <laughs> but like it, it you know the way that storytelling in video games can sometimes stick with you a, a little bit more solidly than maybe a movie you've only seen once because you do it 40 times because you can't get past yeah that because you keep fucking it. getting shot by the especially there there is a sniper duel mission i think and it is quite tricky to actually get the sni- the other sniper, so you do get shot in the head like fifty thousand times. Yeah, this film definitely um, on like it created that aura of like snipers, cool. Like because there's just it, it's I don't I'm not sure how his, you know I think it's quite historical in a lot of sense. Like there isn't really um, like. Is there any point in snipers just spending all their time just trying to kill each other? <laughs> Does that serve any well, strategic purpose? To be a, to be not a nerd really. for a minute, like not the first really. war, the first foot war where sharpshooters, not snipers, because the fucking rifles were shite, uh, is like the American Civil War is the first big conflict where you've got snipers, and that's kind of like, and the reason you had snipers wasn't to kill other snipers. You basically pick off all the officers because they'll be wearing like gold and swords and shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then what happens is then you've got a big mass of unorganized people who don't know what they're doing because you've killed all the all the managers basically. So they're all like, Um, and then that follows through to like World War Two, where it's more or less the same thing, really. You know, snipers aren't trying to get like just you know like rack up kills. They're trying to kill officers. Like more recently in the in the war in a war in Ukraine. Um, the Ukrainians have been doing this. They've just been like, more or less assassinating like Russian generals and things and colonels and stuff like that as like a really good way of crippling their like tactical ability. Yeah. And so it's interesting to see, but that's what snipers are doing. Whereas in this movie, obviously, it's kind of like a, uh, it's almost like two samurai having like this epic honorable duel, except it's snipers crawling around shit in Stalingrad. But it's trying to impose that kind of like, um, that yeah, sort there of is martial uh, combat sort of thing to mm-hmm, it, isn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that's and, that, and that's which that is a is, bit atypical, I believe. Yeah, 
yeah completely and so in real life this is based off and, and this story comes from Vasily Zaitsev who was a real sniper kind of like lionized by the Soviets naturally was a hero of Stalin all this stuff and I think he said that over three days this battle happened between the two snipers interestingly there's no actual record that this guy exists the only record is that Vasily Zaitsev said it and he was yeah. you know a tool of the Soviet state and so probably there's a tendency there's a tendency to assume there that if the Nazis are keeping meticulous records about concentration camps they've probably got this guy's name written down somewhere well they've got the name written would down would be the also, argument wouldn't it he Zaitsev said that he'd killed like 400 people or something and obviously then the nerds and the historians were like well wait a minute the Russian, so apparently the Germans only started training snipers in 43. This happens in like six months later or something. And yeah. so he'd have, to, he'd have to rack up like 400 kills in six months and then ship him in. He's also a major, which is like, well, no, they didn't, Germans didn't um, promote their snipers because they want them to carry on sniping, yeah. not be. Uh, thrust into leadership positions, which is what a major would have done. So there's yeah. lots of things where so there's, there's no record there, of this. There's a lot of it, yeah. It's propagandized, and this guy was a sniper in the war, but and then the, a, a version of this might have existed, and certainly yeah. I believe that obviously sniping and counter-sniping did exist in World War II and definitely in Stalingrad, and especially with the Russians who had like such an enormous amount of snipers. <laughs> a lot of them were women. We'll circle back to that. Mm -hmm. Um and, you know, racking up kill counts of 250 people and things like that. But it wouldn't be, you know, a lot of a, a lot, that wasn't 250 snipers because, again, that wasn't the game. Yeah, yeah. But what's our golden rule? Now, we just got to really resist just talking about history. Welcome to this history, guys. What's our rule, though, when it comes to historical movies, which is fucking throw that shit out. Make it entertaining. Make, yes. make it entertaining. 100%. Make it up. And give us all of the juicy details that we that aren't in the history books, and who cares if it happened? Because that's what makes a good story. Now, this is I've already mentioned it, but this is my favorite thing about this movie is that yes, there's lots of cool action and it's really, I think, really well set up. You understand the space that the characters are all fighting in and everything. But my favourite thing is that there's actually a really good story here. There's the conflict between Vasily Zaitsev and Lord Nepotism, the, 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 the fifth Duke of Nepotism, which we're going to, um, which we've, I think, learned that the Fines family is just absolutely ridiculous. If you go on their Wikipedia page, every single one of them has a fucking Wikipedia page because they're all actors and they're all just chummy people who've been living in chummy land for the last 400 years. Fantastic. But you, they've got a great conflict. They've got this love triangle going on. They've also got the major coming in as this great antagonist. We've got poor little Sasha who's selling Russian secrets to the Germans. Nazi collaborator. It's a bad look. It's, <laughs> it's a bad look. She's, um, he's playing both sides. He's playing both sides. So he always comes out on top. Hanging from a lamppost. We'll circle back to that. Um, do you have so a plot summary in front of you, Sam? So you can just sort of like, and we can go from there. Yeah, it's not very good one. A Russian uh, and German sniper play a game of cat and mouse during the Battle of Stalingrad, which is pretty much said. So we'll all get, of these we'll things are happening. Hold on, hold on. All of, all, of these, all of these stories are happening on a platform 
of something that's really interesting, like the war in itself, and it's over. It's overly dramatic, and it's a really like turned up to eleven. And you've got this this score, this music going in the background, which is just like very you know typically nineteen ninth fall of the Soviet Union kind of music going on. I think all of it ties together in this, as you say, pulpy, over dramatic, beautiful mess of a movie. Quite silly, isn't it? Like, um, so you can sort of roughly. I, I like the intro to this movie. I think is, is where a lot of the more, um, a lot of the more famous and like kind of repeated scenes come from, which is that kind of like from the start of the movie up until you have the moment where um, fucking nepotism finds seventh Earl of. <laughs> my dad's got money mate um whoever he is um not ralph finds not the good one uh basically not the best one um <laughs> up until the point so from the beginning of the movie up until the point where he writes his letter about how fucking amazing this guy is and how big his dick is i mean how many germans he's killed with his rifle um or whatever it is so you've got then you've got the um which also by the way is kind of the most rife with like not even historical inaccuracy, just historical lies, um, which I do want to touch on. Not because they annoyed me, just because it's funny how like so many things are repeated from this movie as if they are fact when actually they are based on nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got the when the man in front of you falls, the other the second man picks up the rifle. Really, really cool scene. Really powerful. I think it gets across a lot of stuff. Obviously, this did happen a little. Um, not not actually, like this, though. Actually, the Russians mostly didn't have boots and things and uniforms. That's what you'd be missing. You'd have a gun, but you might not have a uniform or boots or winter gear or any fucking yeah. food. Um, but this is odd. And some, some of the ways they treat troops. So there's an interesting thing in wars, especially World War Two, where you have like penal battalions which is usually like deserters and other criminals and things who will get put into this one big battalion and and essentially they are quite poorly armed and equipped and they'll be your um like essentially uh we need to go in and sort of uh barrier troops yeah yeah plot any defenses so they would just send these troops in and then if any of them ran away they'd shoot them because ultimately these are kind of people that do you know what i mean they're just above that line of we were gonna we were gonna shoot them anyway um but this isn't what uh vasily um his character is in uh i'm not sure any army ever set up machine guns i'm not sure the tactical no. sense in setting up machine guns behind no. your own troops um there is, were is, there were troops there were there are soviets and many armies have troops which basically would capture them if anyone retreated would say right fucking you're with me then so you're going to go dig coal now the rest of your life or yeah. we're going to round you up and put you into one of these penal battalions but there's very little evidence to suggest they, they were machine because number one you're too busy shooting the germans you don't have time to be shooting you've got your a spare machine gun yeah like no don't do that you just shoot at the Germans. And although what is realistic is the human wave um, strategy. That was a big part of how the Soviets. What I mean, it's horrible because you just have to. It's a whole like, fucking war. World War One was basically this, wasn't well, it? Basically, yeah. World War One just run at the enemy until you get cut down, and then I don't know if that's it. Like do that over and over again, gain a few inches. And and Stalingrad was famous for being a you know a battle over streets, a battle over rooms. You know, they really did. Mm. To fight so closely, so you know, for a couple of years as well, it was not a short it, battle. No, it's also I think of I think because it's 
because it's the Soviets, because it's the late 20 or early 20, you know, 21st century, <clears throat> there is a sense of, oh, yeah, the Russians would do this, wouldn't they? <laughs> you know, as opposed well, this to. This is like, what I'm saying about, like, it's the off repeated thing about. Oh, you know, oh, yeah, of course, Russians have got so many men, and it's the trope, isn't it? Russians have got so many men that they just throw them away. And yes, absolutely, 100%, that did happen, but maybe not quite as not quite a thing of like, well, let's kind of fight the Germans, but mostly let's just mow our own men down to like prove a point. Oh, one step um, back. So you have this cool scene. Even even with that, I think it's quite well shot. The, the action's good. And that culminates in the. Um, the Earl of Nepotism and um, Vasily kind of like uh, by this fountain um, yeah. and uh, Nepo baby's injured um, <laughs> and Vasily. So there's like the Germans have won. So there's like seven or eight Germans kind of like milling around. Um, and basically Vasily, because he's a really fucking like, <laughs> he's such a precious hero baby. Uh, he just shoots all of these guys in like a, I love I love this scene. I think it's really really well done, and you've got um, Fiend kind of like almost like sobbing, like "Oh my god, he's so brilliant!" And it's like yeah. it's fine. It works really well. Uh, but he shoots these sort of seven or eight Germans who are showering or whatever, uh, and then it's like right to the press. You're a fucking hero. The Russians need a hero because guess what? The war isn't going so well for us uh, <laughs> at the time, and that's like. And then you're kind of into the action of the movie and, and and it's kind of like the it helps the pacing loads that you have action and then we're like right we're fucking running around we're learning how to be a sniper we've almost got the twirling newspaper in the middle like nah, nah, nah. that's what it kills 400 german continues his rise to fame <clears throat> you 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 you're nailing the energy i think of this because it's quite quick isn't it you go from being terrified to being um you know, oh, the, the scene on the boat when they're coming across and it's just like, what the fuck is going on? It's absolutely horrifying. It's claustrophobic and it's scary and it's, it's good war movie fare. It really is. And I think it, I think it's a great opening to a movie. And if you, you know, can stop yourself thinking, what are all these British soldiers doing in Stalingrad? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, that's the thing. I think it was shot in Germany, I think, is when is where most of I it actually was think, I actually and, think it's a good choice to just have... Because I think largely they just said to everyone, just do a sort of English accent, and everyone's doing well, a that, similar that, accent. That's what it's... they used to do. That's what they used to do in old-fashioned Hunt for Red October. And, and they'd have the British guys would often be German, and then the Americans would be the Americans. And so you'd know, oh, if he's British, then he's then he's a German. Basically. Yeah, the French the French people would have mustaches. It was very very simple. It's very simple Italians then. would have a smaller mustache. It's very very simple. <laughs> it was onions and pasta round draped around the necks. It was very simple to understand. <laughs> it's just lines t shirts, striped um, t shirts. <laughs> it's very, why are you wearing that? It's not very camouflaged. What about two? So unfortunately, the English speaking cinema going audience is quite racist. Yeah. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So there's all there's all this opening, and then as you say, they 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 pick up the pace pretty quickly. So you're getting into the thing, and you're learning how th th this sniping stuff goes. There's a great, and this is and this is my so my second kind of thing. So story's great, concept of the movie's great, but I think the actual staging of all these different scenes, especially the sniping ones, the one in the department store, where we get. The first appearance of um, of, of of Ed Harris 
as a sniping force, and it's Zaitsev, Sir Jude Law, and um, Sophia Ross as Ludmilla. They're running to the store, and there's these planes overhead that are bombing the shit out of out of the streets. And I think it's really it's really easy to take for granted how well structured this 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 whole scene is. Because you've got quite a lot of, like, you're on multiple different levels. You know, there's people above you and people below you. And you've the characters are moving around quite a lot. And I think for the most part, you kind of, you you manage to keep your frame of reference really well. So that you can, you can, you can enjoy the, the hunt almost. You know, the way that they're looking for each other. And there's all of these mannequins everywhere. And, like, all of that, I think, is such a great... Um, I think it teaches you a lot about the things that you need to look out for, which is, you know, no, you only fire once and then you have to move. All these, all these other things that are going to give you away and how they're all camouflaged and all that. I just think it's a great and easy to, it's easy to forget how difficult that is to do sometimes as well. Yeah, it's good. It's good movie making. Um, it kind of, like you said, it portrays, I think, as well as sniping, just generally, I think, portrays the way that. Stalingrad was in that you know you have that first kind of like rush with the, the, the Russian troops and then the battle kind of did devolve into like you said street fighting and and honestly like a lot of booby traps uh stuff was developed in this battle you know stuff that we still use now as like a right well we're gonna have to fall back but let's rig all of these buildings so the minute a German steps in it it just collapses um and vice versa, and obviously, similarly, you had had these kind of like, um, you know, snipers would just kill anyone if you, the minute you sort of like let your guard down. That's when you know a cell of three or four people just. And even today, we have this kind of like insur- insurgency is the word, um, but in you know a city that isn't really occupied by either either person, you've just got this battleground where you can't have a battle, and I think it captures that quite well. And the claustrophobia of that um and the uncertainness of that like uh and, and later on as well where they're all kind of like they've got these underground like bunkers and things and and these these safe spaces and and they're like oh have you you know did you hear that such and such died or like oh we think such and such is dead because no one's seen him in three weeks and it's kind of mm-hmm. like right well it's it's not you know <laughs> obviously you just you don't know um like when they th- when they think Vasily's dead later and he's not um and it's like yeah because until he shows his face somewhere and someone who knows him says that's Vasily, like obviously we just think he's dead. Yeah, uh, they capture that quite well. I like a lot of the running around with the sniper teams. Um, we don't really get a lot of development for these people, but I like the guns that kind of like a you know, you know like rags tied around them. And yeah, things. they're wrapped up for camouflage. Again, yeah, yeah. Someone's paid attention to the production design. Mm. It's not like astounding, astounding, but it's good. It's solid, and it, it lends itself to the movie feeling very lived in. Yeah, there's lots of texture like that, isn't there? There's lots. There's a lot of textures. The scenes when they're all of the soldiers are all huddled together in their, you know, their kind of the little base that they're they're in at night, and there's lots of like you, you can almost smell it. You can smell the, you know, the the food that's being cooked and the the bodies and all this. Like we just... never smell anything that bad, Sam. <laughs> no, no, no. And and I just think there's lots of examples of that. You mentioned production design, like. We've talked about sets. We've talked about some of the props. I mean, the full costumes and everything. Like, it feels, it feels, and this is where I think it can be dangerous from a historic point of view of thinking. It feels historic. It feels close enough. It feels accurate. 
and it's probably not in a lot of senses but <laughs> it's the purest form of hollywood production design but in a way that's good because everyone's just wearing olive like <clears throat> fatigues basically yeah. it's probably u.s army surplus or uk army surplus like because it's cheap um again if you had a proper like military history nerd they'd be telling you about buttons and and all sorts of things and, and I, don't, yeah. I, I don't think any of that matters i think this movie's fun and like but it just feels lived in enough a bit like star wars um you know it feels lived in like rogue one felt lived in enough that it's mm -hmm. like a lot of it felt more real because of that as opposed to maybe the prequel films which do you know what i mean yeah yeah no totally totally so as as we as we go through like the way that down of the um uh, Pope joseph finds the way that he because he's like a political officer of of the you know the the soviet machine he's becoming more and more um invested in Zaitsev as like a story i think which again is interesting and kind of reflects how he um the real Zaitsev was treated so him again boosting him up and also there's a great bit where uh hoskin says to him you know it seems like your fate is quite is tied to Zaitsev as well you know because if he yeah. succeeds and he he's put all of his his energy into making sure that um this story can be told and and that's i just think that there's another aspect again great storytelling it ties them together and it means that when they're doing they, they're working almost as a, as a team they're like brothers at the start even though they're just met by chance and then we introduce the one thing that couldn't that could, that, that could break them apart which is and now I think Dave, if it's two thousand and one, Rachel Weiss, that's <laughs> me and Hello, you. sexual awakening. Me and you, Rachel. I mean, it's happening. Sorry, man, it's over. It's uh, you. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. <laughs> I will say just sacrifice you immediately. I really don't love. I really don't love the um, the Oliver Twist look that the giver <laughs> in a lot of this film. Please, and that is a some more. That is the closest, like, because she is a grubby waif, and it's like, but no one else is. And they've obviously been like, right, she's a really good-looking woman, and we don't want to hide that, right? So she's really pale. We're not going to, like, Clara. But it is the Battle you know of I mean? Stalingrad. Like, so... Jude Law is quite disgusting in this, quite a lot of it, and Ron Perlman as well, and Ed Harris. They're quite filthy, a lot of the movie. Um, but, they're, but again... Men, obviously, the patriarchy is strong, so um, Rachel well, Weiss has to be. We can't like, make her look ugly, can we? But we can't make her so look. So they have kind of really like, pretty. like, so much mascara to make those big eyes pop, um, and then like two like grubby lines down like coal marks again, like Oliver Twist, and and that and this um, like uh, I don't know what what's the term for the hat? It's like a yeah, I don't military know. beret mm -hmm. type thing that she's wearing, like, and it's like. Right, okay, so obviously we decided this is the look we were going for, and then that's more or less what she looks like for the whole movie. And it's fine, but it's kind of like at the same time, like it's a really distinct choice, and I'm not sure I love it. Yeah, and it kind of represents, it kind of symbolizes her role in the movie, doesn't it, in a lot of ways. Where I mean, she, she gets a chance to get her hands dirty a little bit, but really she is the object of their affection. His wife. His, yeah. Basically. Yeah. Um, she's a term. 
they use on the back cast. It's she. She is his wife. Yeah, um, she, she's been wifed. She's been wifed. It, it is a shame because I think it's like you could have, as much as I, I I like the love triangle, but I think you could have just given her a bit more agency. As I mean, that's the classic. Thing just a bit more backstory. I mean, it's a real it's one thing that bothered me actually was just in terms of like. Um, the 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 way that the movie sacrifices things to have, um, obviously because they want to focus on Ed Harris and Jude Law, like you have a speech from her about the um, Germans basically driving her family out, mm. um, and then shooting them all, like which is powerful and, and you know great. We've given you a real reason, but also like that wouldn't be that expensive to film. You could film a version of that and like show us it, and maybe have us know one of these parents. Maybe have it be this useless mother of this little boy, like because she's a very non-character as well. Like maybe have it be her, and she's shot in the head, and suddenly we care. Um, not that we don't care, but obviously we've been watching people get blown apart for the whole forty-five <laughs> minutes until this point. I'm a bit numb to it by now. Yeah, I guess. yeah. And it's also you feel a little bit robbed because, like, um, if Vasily's like quite a famous hero of the Soviet Republic, uh, but even more so, there was a female sniper um, who. I think there is a nod to in this movie. Well, Lud Miller, who um, I mentioned earlier, um, I think that's who. Sh- that's well, the certainly the, the first of Lud Miller, uh, Lud Miller, Pavlichenko. Yeah, um, yeah. Who was a who was a sniper in, in, in the Second World War for the for the German uh, for the Russians? Um, the deadliest the female of- sniper in history with three hundred and nine kills, apparently. Yeah, like it's a shocking amount. Um, and it's almost like they knew about this, but they're obviously telling a story. But maybe they could have like had uh, Rachel Weiss be a bit more of this character, like have her show her have a bit more because they take stuff directly from 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 this lady's sort of like um, life. Like when Rachel Weiss gets injured at the end and wakes up in a hospital, I think that's something that happened to Pavlichenko and things like that. And and her partner, her like husband, in fact, was also a sniper and he got killed. So you'd almost feel like actually the better story would have, have had her be the main character and then had, do you, know, do you know what I mean? I'm not saying that, you know, you make a choice and you do the story you want to do, but um, I feel a bit robbed of of this story, which I think is just a bit more powerful because, mm-hmm. you know, if you take all of this and you add the fact that this is a woman in a time where women typically didn't have, like, tons of agency and recognition, like, fighting for the motherland, suddenly you've got a bit more of an evocative thing than the um, motivations which are Vasily kind of seems to care about Russia not falling, sort of. Um, he's got a granddad. That's something, apparently. I never really put my finger on that. And Ed Harris is shooting at Vasily because some, he, his son got killed in Stalingrad. And he's like, my son. And he, so he leaves his sniper school, which also didn't exist, and goes to start. And this is where it all starts to fall apart. And you're like, ah, if you look at any of this, if you look at any of this in the light, you're like, oh. Shut up, shut up, shut up. New scene, move on. Next track, here we go. We're in the tractor factory now. And that's a testament to the movie is that you aren't thinking this when you're watching it. Like (laughs) even an arch nerds like us who know a lot of this, you're not thinking of this when you're watching it. You're just enjoying it and you're enjoying the fact that the the, the acting's so good. But then when you finish it, you're like, oh, I wish they'd done that. I wish they'd told and I wish they'd, you know. Yeah, I think I think it, it doesn't make. I mean, to the point about the Miller Pavlichenko, you think, well, it's, wait, why would you not just have her in it? You know, and, to then and have the, a character called Lord Miller as well. It just seems like that's a... that's clearly it's clearly just a little reference, isn't it? But 
but yeah, there's lots of there's lots of choices. But I think it's. I mean, we are talking about early two thousands, late nineties when this was being developed. So I think maybe some of our progressive ideas, like having a woman with agency, are just far too advanced for. I think I've read from my in my brain where we had movies with women before like two thousand and one. Surely we did, Dave. Of course, we had movies with women. In. I mean, yeah, we can't just ignore them. Pretty Woman, that's a feminist <laughs> masterpiece. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, Notting Hill and uh, Bridget Jones' Diary. You've got yeah. Mail. That's a great film about a man manipulating a woman. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe Same. maybe you're right, Sam. Maybe Tom it would bear looking at some more of these things and being like, well, maybe maybe we should maybe we should shine a light on when did women start to get agency in movies? Yeah. When was mm. the first female-led action movie that mm. wasn't a well that wasn't an erotic movie? That's an important mm. distinction. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Such not a sure thing we've done it yet. Not sure we've done it yet. No, no. And I think I think that's probably where we will remain for many many decades yet. But it's it is it, you know yeah you mentioned like you don't mean, you don't notice this all the way while you're watching the movie i think that is that is where again i think the production values of this the whole the whole idea that you can keep this the concept of this movie going for as long as it is as long as long as they manage to to pull it off how long is it it's uh 160 minutes the 131 minutes yeah 131 minutes so like we're not you know we're not pushing it Beyond the realms, but I, ne- I have not once looked at my watch and said how long have I left. Like it's one of those movies. I think they manages to roll from the you know from one scene. We get a nice kind of downtime where we can have those more emotional conversations. Or there's not there's not awkward loads sex scenes there. in this movie. Oh yeah, this is some awkward fucking sex. <sighs> this is some two Russian soldiers having sex in 1944 sex. It, it it felt quite realistic to me though. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you they're, they're doing it in this with a line next to a bunch of other. I'm so I'm so glad disgusting it wasn't like candle it with silks and they yes. all they stripped off because guess what? You're living in a sewer. You probably don't want to take all your clothes off. Like it's probably going to be pretty filthy and disgusting. Like it's probably quite probably cold. washing is quite hard. You know, like, yeah. so you, why would you, why would you then get everything off and like, and it's not really a sexy sex scene, um, to its credit, uh, which, you know, it, it, it goes on a little it, bit too long. It goes on a, a little, little bit, bit, but it felt long. more germane to the story than it would have done if it was like a wow, wow. And we have, a it was about, it was about the two characters connecting and them also, you know, the, the, I think it weirdly, it's also about um, uh, Nepo. What's his name? <laughs> Nepo baby. Nepo finds Danilov. It's about Danilov. Now he's gone out the triangle. <laughs> the triangle is now a line, you know. So, and I think it's a tale it, as old as time that we get in loads of movies. It's like, oh, this nerdy guy likes this woman. Guess what? His mate who murders people for a living. Oh, she's <laughs> like, oh yeah, he murders people. Fantastic. I mean, he literally just said, you know, he's like, stay here with me and you'll be safe. And she's willing to to, to jump into one of the deadliest battles of World War Two. <laughs> Again, that's kind of like the, the this, idea is... It's, with this guy. I like, think it's fine. I think the love triangle is good. I think they do waste a few of their shots sometimes. Uh, I think we'll talk about Ed Harris at the end, I think, because it's like yeah. its own sort of separate thing. Mm-hmm. But when Danilov dies, 
when Nepo baby dies. Um, <laughs> it's it's, already, it's yeah, the most gone. pointless death in the entire movie. I really actually hated it. Like in theory, I like the idea of it. The kind of like the um, I'm going to show you where he is. I'm still your friend. I've forgiven you. What have I done? Like I really liked that. I liked that. That as a like a through line of these two guys. Of you know, they care about one another. They've been the held together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I liked that arc. What I didn't like was him standing up and getting shot inside the head. And Jude Law's lying there going, oh my God, and not paying any attention to where a sniper might be. And then we have our cake and fuck it too, because apparently that shows him where um, Ed Harris is, so then he can go down to the railway tracks and hide behind a train, and you're like, it's just one part of the movie where the geography of the sniping was a, fell apart for me a yes, little. 100%. 100%. Because they wanted to have them locking eyes, and I'm like, yeah, but you can't really have that in a sniper battle. You can't have him dri- basically drive a bayonet to his heart through his ribs because they're fucking snipers. They're hundreds yeah. of yards apart. Yeah. But the again, geography, minor, the geography of the sniping, I think, is a very good way of describing what we've been talking about. In the rest of the movie, I think it works really, and really he, well. You're completely right. And it doesn't it doesn't here because I think they want yeah, they want the close up, don't they? To be fair, we never they never actually lock eyes because he turns and then poof. You know, gets shot in the head. Ed Harris. He sees him and he takes his hat off, doesn't he? And he's like, and he knows. Um, yeah. But like the rest yeah. of the geography, of the sniping, I think it's really good. The bit in the factory where they're crawling through the pipe. Um, Rachel Weiss is there. I love well. that scene yeah. with the glass. You know, and he's having with to... the glass. Yeah, and 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 the way they've got to like communicate with each other, I think, is really really interesting. And he knows where he is, and and so he's got to communicate that. That's really good. The bit where. Um, Ron Perlman gets it is also a good scene because there's a lot mm-hmm. of tension there. Whether he's got the helmet on a string and he's like the sage old, like he's Ron Perlman, so he's going to be the sage guy who's going to come in and know all yeah. everything. I love this know. performance; it's great. Um, it's a fun. Fucking, do you remember the Call of Duty game? Like he's literally in that. There's literally yeah. like a Russian sergeant that you follow around who yeah. teaches you how to snipe. They did. How didn't they get sued? Um, so well, do, you remember, doing all do you remember that? Medal of Honor? Sorry, do you remember Medal of Honor Frontline? I've never played a lot scene. of Medal of Honors. But the first scene is... is it Saving is Private Ryan? Saving Private Ryan on Omaha yeah. Beach. I mean, it's the same with Hell Let Loose now, isn't it? All these, all these, they're just, they're just copying and pasting. Yeah, yeah, just rob yeah. it. Um, it's an homage, it's not libel. Uh, not libel, <laughs> sorry, it's not, uh, it's, not, it's not intellectual property theft. <laughs> uh, but the scene where uh, Ron Perlman gets it is also good because you've got the, the tension of that you know that uh, Ed Harris has seen the helmet, but for, there's like a reason he hasn't shot it. He's reloading or something. But they think, oh, well, he must not be there. So they kind of relax a bit. But then you know that he's there. So kind of like the tension is really well, that, that you understand enough about it as a viewer who is not a sniper and therefore doesn't understand whether this is even realistic. Like, you know enough about the relative things. So uh, Jude Law's going to jump across this little gap first and then Ron Perman, like stops him again and says, no, no, I'll jump first, but then you brave. Such a cheater! It's my turn. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you think, oh well, then Jude Law's going to get shot, and and he doesn't. He gets shot, and that's a great kill. It's probably the best kill in the movie, to be perfectly honest. He's like jumps and he goes, boof, and his head spins around and he falls, and Jude Law's like jumping behind him. And he's like, oh my god, <laughs> as he jumps past. Yeah, it's a it's a good death. You don't really see it coming, like not quite. And it's again the way that this movie's paced well, where. You're not sat thinking, right, next scene, next scene, next scene, because you're kind of in the action, and they're giving you enough 
to like follow it and and mm-hmm. that's quite a hard thing to do i think with something like this yeah yeah it's just it's one of those movies i watched it yesterday and i could watch it again right now you know me it's rare it's a rare thing for me i'm usually like it's me done for at least a year uh, if not more but it's it's just such a, it's such a good um in a way that's weird because it is so violent and it is so depressing and there's it's like a testament to the, to the flow of the movie i think and not all movies pacing. have this pacing pacing yeah. not all movies have this kind of natural flow to them i mean it's something we've commented a lot on movies where they feel a bit disjointed or you get that third act kind of like like i'm falling asleep i'm falling Flamp. asleep what are we doing yeah, yeah. i yeah. think this movie is quite tight i'd be interested to see what they cut um because obviously it's quite long generally for, for, for a 2001 movie that well, is two, two hours odd is two or ten is it we say so it's not too bad yeah but, but it's, it's yeah. all relative if we're talking about like a up until the sort of the, the early 80s any movie under three hours is relatively normal and then you sort of like movies then become sort of 90 minutes to two hours anything more than two hours becomes a bit much and we've kind of gone the other way again now where movies mm, are trending Lord. towards three hours again and you know a 90 minute movie is is the rarity God, um, God save us. God save us from that. God save us all. Let's um, talk about Ed Harris. I mean, this is one of those movies I think we could either break down into scene-by-scene detail. I'd, I'd better talk about it for seven hours, or we could try and contain ourselves to sub one hour just to try well, and... Because it's otherwise... Let's just talk about Ed Harris in a brief fashion. Ed Harris plays a great baddie. I love Ed Harris. I love how I love Ed Harris in this. I love him in the Truman Show, and I love him in Apollo thirteen, Westworld, like, and Westworld as well. I mean, there's just there's such a fantastic. Like, what is it? What is it? Apparently, they chose Jude Law and Ed Harris based on um, their ability to express with their eyes. He's got crinkly obviously... eyes, hasn't he? Like, the, like because there's obviously lots of and... scenes. Where he's, you know, they're they're just close ups or literally just their eyes that you see. Yeah. I don't I don't think he was first I think he came in quite late in, in the um the process. So he kinda like, you know, rocked. I presume up the they day. initially wanted someone younger. Um I don't know. Like they probably wanted it. but it's probably wanted somebody you know, they wanted the anti Jew law, they wanted, you know, it would be um God, who are the X Men wankers? Uh James McAvoy and the other the german the, he's got a german name the other guy oh, uh, they, they want someone like that i think but they just made, basically couldn't find the right fit so they chose ed harris who is a bit of an odd choice because i think he was like kind of like maybe around sort of what mid 40s early 50s here yeah 50s and, 50s yeah, i'd say like and i think that that's what on the cusp of like where your brain goes well would this guy be like fighting Stalingrad at this age and they make him a major i think because of that because of his age because if it's like Second, second lieutenant Harris. Yeah. You're like, well, fuck. How did this guy fuck his life up? And exactly. And as we said, this this guy probably did not exist in this way anyway. But but the 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 understated um, way that Harris plays, it, I think, is really good. Also, then the relationship between him and and Sasha, <clears throat> who was in my. Have we talked about this already? My family. Do you remember this? My Does anyone else remember family. this? My family from 2000. God, can we explain this to like non non British people in the 30s? My family <clears throat> was a was like a family children. sitcom, <laughs> but shitter. It was a family. It was a family British. sitcom sitcom with uh, Zoe Wanamaker played the mum, 
Uh, and who was the dad? Oh Christ, uh, Robert. Um... He's done very little since. I think. So we want to make it. Robert Lindsay, Zoe Wanamaker is kind of like a, I think like a, Wanamaker is like a top tier, like British actor in terms of she's in fucking everything Uh, and voices loads of things. Um, And it was two of them and their, Madame Hooch. Yeah. So there's, there's, and they're three kids and Robert Lindsay is a dentist and she, I think is initially a homemaker and then she has a job doing something or other. And it's basically like, like middle-class dysfunction um and they have a neighbor who they don't like um kids and, that and then and, and then one of the kids is played um by this by, kid by sasha by sasha gabrielle thompson plays uh, sasha philip who is um who i think is, is doing a fine job but his 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 massive my family detour then my god but yeah ed harris and sasha they have this great like playing off each other and he's giving him chocolate and food and all this other, and like it's this cool thing where we don't we see a lot of the the russian high command don't we and a lot of the russian sort of and there was obviously a choice made that we can't we don't really want to spend the money to have like a, a nazi camp do you know what i mean and we don't really want to lean on i think they don't want to lean on the nazi thing because it maybe takes away from the nobility of this sniper duel if i'm yes, expressing totally. myself correctly there um, I think they really the don't, they don't want to pay. Ruined. The damn Nazis ruined World War Two. <laughs> they ruined everything. Because, uh, although they because... really made that Indiana Jones series a lot better, I will say that they're really, really they're a top tier baddie when they're about. Yeah, but it was, but we can't we can't enjoy we can't enjoy World War Two. We can't enjoy it because there's all fucking Nazis in it. And God damn it! And it's fun. <laughs> it's fun in the eighties when the Nazis are just a thing from the past. But now the Nazis are back. God, I mean, <laughs> <Ogfram>. <laughs> um... they're everywhere. <laughs> They God are, damn um, but it's cool. So we basically all the scenes with Ed Harris and, and Sasha, this kid. It's like Ed Harris, an orderly or someone who works for him, just in this broken down house. And it's and I think it's fine. It's contained. The story isn't about Ed Harris interacting with Nazi command, um, mm-hmm. but they're really clear about a lot of things. The Nazis want uh, the Germans really, really want Vasily dead because they understand like it's an important propaganda piece for the battle. Um, like I said, Stalingrad historically went on for forever. There's a lot of deaths, and you had the whole six army ended up surrendering. It was a fucking PR nightmare for the yeah. Nazis, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, which seems like a reductive way of saying it that the Battle of Stalingrad was a PR nightmare for the Nazis, <laughs> but it kind of really was. Just came down to that. They could have coped with the manpower. They could have coped with, you know, the time and the and the resources invested. But like, they really couldn't cope with the fact that they just cocked it right up. Yeah, well, um, yeah, it's it's the whole Russian invasion was was never a good never a good thing, was it for, for the Nazis? But so we have this kind of like cat and mouse game where you've got Ed Harris is trying to find Vasily. He nearly gets him when he kills the rest of the sniper team, including the like uh, the Asian guy and the the um, the woman whose name I've already forgotten. Uh, when they all get killed in the department store, um, we then have kind of like keep having these scenes with Sasha where he's like, here's some chocolate and stuff. Fucking tell me where this guy is. And then we have the factory scene. Um, and it's never quite clear if Sasha is a genuine Nazi collaborator. They don't use that term. They shy right away from that term. Uh, or whether it's kind of like a, he's a double agent. It's very, very overly complicated, I thought. 
Well, I think I think they do make it. They 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 do hint that he's doing it for. He's doing it for the rush for, because he says he says the Russians to, know about it, don't they? Yeah, they he says to Jude them. Law, basically, I'm going to tell him that you go through this one vent here to get in. You'll be able to then be this guy, at the at this at the top of this place. And you'll be able to get the guy, and then. Um, he figures it out, doesn't he? And basically gives gives him the the the, the false information, and then oh, Sasha, I wish you'd stay at home because then now I have to do what I'm going to do, and I'm not going to. And you're like, oh, this guy's. Like, I mean, he hangs this kid. He fucking hangs. <laughs> like yeah. the, the the idea of this being a noble fight is reduced immediately by him being a Nazi and hanging kids, which is obviously what all Nazis did. And it's like just fucking. This is such a, this is such a. Gr- just from a storytelling point of view, it's a great ending to your movie because it Someone ratchets. Has to die, don't they? There has to be a sacrifice, and the sacrifice has to come from the main characters. And the reason, the you know the, the, the almost almost the stories punishing Danilov and punishing um, Zaitsev for their feud because it's you know it's got in the way the sniping war battle between this this german has got in the way of what's important and rachel vice's you know the love triangle so almost the movie's saying well if you weren't so fucking busy having a massive argument and chewing each other then this kid wouldn't have died so fuck you <laughs> and it's and, and and that culminates in the final kind of like rush of the movie which is Oh, Sasha's mum. Don't worry, he's he's fucked off to the Germans. That's fine. And uh, if I was told that, I'd be like, "Is this the worst thing that could have happened?" Because I, I was going to say, you know, you the Nazis that... killed him. That's horrible. Oh, he's a Nazi collaborator. Um, maybe just tell her she's tell her tell her he's dead. I mean, maybe it was a horrible maybe. explosion. He definitely he died a hand. he died a hero. He's going to get a whatever the the Nazi this the Russian equivalent of a, the Iron Cross was the, the, uh, the hero of Stalin. Get, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to get that, and he's going to be remembered as as a hero of Stalin. And then we're rushing into this horrible. This this time I got out of the boats. The boats just give me fucking like what was terrifying, man. We talked about this before. We're quite land based individuals. We're not very. Yeah. But Water the way going. that she's putting the site, you know, she puts that that bit of paper up on the massive bit, and there's the shells are coming down, and and she's getting, you know, Rachel Vice is bleeding out, like it's horrible, and it sets up the the last scene of the movie, isn't it? Which we've we've talked about with Dan Love sacrificing himself kind of needlessly. Like <laughs> fuck, you dude. could achieve the same thing by like fucking holding a helmet up. In the other, like yeah. across, which is what they Get do. Get a German earlier. prisoner, dress him up, and just do what they did. Fucking send him out there. They do that earlier as well. That's cool. And have him shoot him. That's fun. <sighs> it's who is it they have dressed as a German? One of the snipers. One of the one of the snipers. snipers uh, they managed to capture uh, that. Them. That again is quite a cool, impactful scene and a bit a bit clever in the in the way that it's done. But yeah, Danilov feels like a this guy can't really live because we've established that he's like. Too heart torn from from losing um, losing the love of his life, who he met three weeks ago, who's now shagging his best mate. Um, so he just stands up, and uh, it's quite brutal. I like I like the way the shot's done, but I think like ther- them- ther- thematically, it's just a bit near. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it's 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 kind of funny, but 
but the end of this movie i think is is well constructed and we get to we we finish off we get the reunion which is nice because you know surprise surprise um racial vice character doesn't die she had plot um, armor to be fair sam yeah amazing plot armor. and and there's a you know is is a nice is a nice ending that that concludes both the movie completely ahistorical it didn't happen like this and who gives a fuck because it's a great story like it's a great great story and that's what it's we're here for, the isn't it? inverse of our unbroken podcast which we did a few weeks ago where that is a movie where they stuck strenuously to the historical record and the, and the memoir whereas in this movie they were like let's play a bit fast and loose and let's just make it a good movie and actually what you then have is a really watchable fun movie that even though we are arch nerds like none of it offends me none of the none of the mistakes offend me it's fine i enjoyed it i liked it it's silly it's fun it's kind of quite violent and you know but you know quite scary and nasty at some points but ultimately like a really really engaging watch and what more can you ask from a movie keep no. me in my seat for two hours like an entertained baby you've got a stew going and and keep me coming back as well, you know, year after year. Like that's the thing of of I'll, I'll watch this movie every now and again, and I'll just enjoy it every time. And that's something I think is is a very few movies that can do that for me. That can just keep me gripped. You know, this this is a classic. It goes back to the dad. Goes back to being an old fucking man. Oh, it's Sunday afternoon. Oh, what's this? Oh, I'm just gonna sit down and watch ten minutes of this, and then two hours later, I'm still watching. Like that's. Oh, That's this is a total. This is a total talking about going back in time. This is a total like, oh, this, I'm halfway through, but I'll sit and watch the other half <laughs> sort of movie that comes on, and you're like, oh, well, that's finished. I flip the channel over. Oh, uh, the second half. Look, of look at that sniper. Game, That's cool. Well, yeah. Wow, cool. Oh, like a tank. <laughs> it's so it's simple. Just we like are. You're just watching it, and then it's... this is how stupid. <laughs> we just we just see a tank. Oh, so sit down. Watch oh, a tank. Guys, are tank. entertaining. <laughs> um, but no, I don't think I've got loads more to say about this. Uh, no, let's let's get out. And it. it's not and... like a, a super controversial or like trivia heavy movie either. Um, no, and I'm sure I'm sure we can we we you know we'll do we'll do more movies like this. And I think it's it's a. But for me, like this is one of my favourite war movies, and I think that's a good place to be. It's a good place should, to be, um, to be sitting down and watching a good war movie like that. We should do Behind Enemy Lines. Uh, don't let me forget, because that's quite a, from what I remember, quite a fun movie and it's own. I think it's Owen Wilson. I, th- I must is, be wrong yeah, on that. Owen Wilson, Gene Hackman. 90s Gene Hackman. Oh, no, the Hackman! Um, late, late 90s, 2000 Gene Hackman. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, it's Owen Wilson who is like, you know, he's the stupid fucking Shanghai Noon movies with Jackie Chan and um so other movies with his mates uh but he's like oddly like oddly good in the in and behind enemy lines and like quite serious and it's a different conflict i guess i can't wait for it to be an absolute disappointment that you're completely mismerum yeah i mean remembering if pushed i would probably tell you that the um john travolta and other guy black hawk down i'd probably tell you that i enjoyed that and i'm certain black hawk down wow there's another there's another what about enemy enemy of the state? If we're going to really confuse things, Which because that? that's Will Smith getting chased around by satellites with Gene Hackman. There's a connection. What's the one? Is it the Jackal? Where um, 
someone's a, <laughs> trying to assassinate somebody and they I, I, I remember one scene really really clearly um and they buy a gun or something from jack black like a, like a robot activated gun from jack black mm-hmm. and then they murder him with it but he's like he makes him run out to this field and hold up this pack of cigarettes and it shoots the cigarettes and, you're, and then you can see jack black wet almost wets himself like early jack black as well and then this rifle just opens up on him and shoots him like 15 times it's a total like oh, all the tension's gone and then he's dead um it's a, it's a real just for some reason it's stuck i can't wait really well i can't wait see you next week for uh late 90s well, early you 2000s movies. dad oh, movies no 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 dad <laughs> movies welcome to dad movie cast <laughs> <laughs>